This call is being recorded. Good morning. Welcome to the Clan Victory. This is Royal Princess the Finisher. Who is that? Good morning. It's Susie. Good morning, Susie. Did you have a nice birthday? I sure did. Thank you. Oh, great. Now great. we're going to have a big barbecue today, so. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. Enjoy. Thank you. Welcome to the Clear Victory. This is World Princess. Who was that? And who was that? Would you like to announce yourself? Renee, good morning. So, Renee? Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Thanks for calling in this morning. Welcome to the Clear Victory. This is World Princess. Who was that? Thanks for calling in this morning. Good morning. Welcome to the Claire Briefly. This is Royal Princess the Finisher, and I'm stepping in for JC. Anyone on the call like to say good morning? Morning, it's Nikisha. Happy Saturday, family. Happy Saturday to you. Have a great day. Sure. Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning, Carla. Good morning, Carla. Thanks for calling in this morning. Thank you. Have an awesome day. You too. Thank you. Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to the Claire Breaker. This is World Princess to finish and I'm your greedy this morning. Anyone on a call like to say good morning? Good morning, good morning. Any visitors like to say good morning? Good morning, family. This is Bubbly. Good morning, Bubbly. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you. Have a great day. You too, darling. Thank you. Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to the Clare Victory. This is World Princess to Finish, and I'm stepping in for JC this morning. Happy Saturday, everyone. Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning. Happy Saturday. Good morning. Happy Saturday to you. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Happy Saturday. This is Pam, Warrior Princess and family. I'm still good trying to wake up. <laughs> I think a lot of people, too. It's the morning. Thanks for calling in. Anyone else like to say good morning?
Good morning. Welcome to the Clare Breakers. This is where press is finishing, and I'm your leader this morning. Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning, good morning. Anyone else? Any other victors like to say good morning? Good morning. Welcome to the Claire Victor. This is Royal Princess the Finisher, and I'm your greeting this morning. Anyone else like to say good morning? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming in this morning. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and get started. Okay. At this time, we're going to move on to the next segment of the call. Before we move forward, we ask you to meet your line so that we can proceed. Hello, my name is Tarina, a.k.a. Royal Princess of Finisher, and I'm stepping in for JT, and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are prayer calls and meet Monday through Saturday starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so they can be blessed too. Be sure to stay with us for the rest of the month for the monthly theme entitled Open Heaven. You don't want to miss the messages, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you by your wonderful by our, by our wonderful and gifted declares. There is no announcements today, and there is no uh, prayer request from the app. The order of the call is. The declaration is by Lisa. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Bubbly. Then we go right into closing comments hosted by Declare. I repeat, declaration is by Lisa. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Bubbly. And then we go right into closing comments hosted by Declare Lisa. The scripture today is Psalm 53-4. Our God approaches with the noise of thunder. Fire devours everything in its way, and a great storm rages around him. Verse 4, heaven and earth will be his witnesses as he judges his people. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call over to Clara Lisa. Have a blessed and wonderful day, everyone. Good morning, family. A um, couple of things. So I want to um, first solicit your prayers because I've been coughing like crazy. Um, but I feel great. Let me tell you that. I do feel great. So just um, that there will be no interference on my end with coughing. You may hear me have to mute the line for just a minute just to cough out because I don't want to cough and be rude in your ear. Um, so if you hear that, don't worry. I will try to get it back together. But if you can't hear me, maybe I missed the button or something. So I'm going to need your help in that. 
Um, and then just, uh, I think I sound a little bit better than my normal morning voice, so praise be to God. Um, good morning, all of you. Thank you, Charina, for um, greeting us so graciously and hosting. And then thank you, Bubbly, for praying um, as we um, get ushered into further into the presence of God. I'm excited about what God is doing for declared victory. So let me get started. I don't even want a long intro, although... We'll just talk for a minute, but I got a lot of scriptures, so if you want to, I would suggest that you would get some scriptures and do like the Bereans did over in the book of Acts, where they went when Paul taught mightily. They knew he was great. They knew he was anointed. They knew that he had illumination and revelation. Nevertheless, they still went and searched the scriptures for themselves. They went and searched and, and validated what he said and what he was telling them, so he didn't. they didn't just take. Um, his word, um, carte blanche, right? So um, I would suggest that if you want to, and you feel that too, get a pencil, a piece of paper, and, and write down some of these scriptures so that you can look and study for yourself and understand, get an understanding as we try to walk this thing out together, um, that God is um, revealing things to us, even in the process of our, us going. <laughs> Thinking about the lepers that went, and as they went, look, um, that one that went, he became whole and healed and had to go back and say thank you. So, God, we thank you. Father, we bless you for who you are and what you're doing. We thank you for this opportunity to speak. We thank you that you want to even speak to us. We thank you for the topic for this month, as this may be new for some and old for others, that you would continue to do what you still do. Give us illumination and revelation. Expand our borders and capacity to receive and know more. Tear down the, the walls that have been erected in the name of familiarity and then religion and those things that are um, legal, God, that uh, we need to get rid of those things that are um, that lead to legalism, that that lead to us being contrary to where you would have us to be today. For we are your children, and we thank you that you would not have us to be in the dark. And I thank you for such a time as this, um, where you're giving us an opportunity to learn and grow more so that we might be better and that we are thoroughly equipped and we have everything that we need. And as we are ready, you reveal and you um, open up to us. So I thank you, Father. I pray that you speak. Holy Spirit, have your way. Your servants, your daughters, your sons are listening. So it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So this morning while I was, um, you know, thinking about, I got up and I got up early and I was like, oh, you don't need to get up that early. You got time. And anybody that does the declaration is always kind of, you know, we all are different to an extent, but we might be up all night. We might get up early in the morning. We're kind of a little anxious about it. We're like, okay, God, is this what you're having me to say? And we don't want to sound like we're reading anything or scripting anything. Some people, I don't know, some people don't mind that. But um, for me, I'm learning how when I write down everything, a lot of times that's me. I believe it's the Holy Spirit giving it to me. But when he causes me to speak and I start using my hands, then I know this is not something I thought of, thought in my mind to put down on paper. And oftentimes I can tell that's when he is really just using me um, to speak and to say what he would have you and me to hear. So I was listening um, to this record, I don't know, this song, and I just felt led to go there, and it's by, I think, Bob Dylan sings it and Rain sings it, and it's called Knocking on Heaven's Door. And if I didn't greet you, good morning. Good morning, bless you. 
um, knocking on Heather's door and, and for, for some reason. Um, and, and I'm sure he's going to tie that together, but ooh, here it is right here. The song says I'm getting, it's getting dark. It's too dark to see. And, and the, the person singing the lyrics says that I'm knocking on heaven's door. And then he or she, whoever's singing it saying, mama, put my guns in the ground. I can't shoot them anymore. That cold, dark cloud is coming round. He says, I feel like I'm knocking on heaven's door, right? So our topic for this month is open heaven. And if you listen to that song, it sounds like to me, you're not knocking on heaven's door. You sound like you're knocking on hell's door, right? Because when we think about an open heaven as believers, first of all, we have to believe in heaven. Speaking of believing, there's a scripture in Luke. 16 and 8 that talks about the children of this world are more clever or wiser or not to deal more shrewdly than the children of light or the ones that are enlightened meaning us God's children and so there's some things that I believe that we don't know and because of that his word says my people perish for lack of knowledge and because sometimes we get stuck in a rut based on what we believe and how we were raised and because of our experiences and we're closed to learning new things and we're shutting off sometimes um to God what he wants to do how he wants to enlighten us and illuminate us right and reveal things to us we have a tendency to kind of shrink back and shy away or even you know, get offended or refuse to hear. Now, I'm not saying everything that we hear requires an ear, but I do say that if we do hear, then again, like the Bereans, we go and we search the scripture and see if there's any truth to this. The Holy Spirit should agree with us on the inside, right? Instead of just our own spirit rebelling against it because it's not what we've been taught or it's not what we know. So because sometimes we tend to shut down, we miss out on the wisdom of God that he would have for us. And he already knows, right? That's why some of us don't get exposed to it. So I thank God for declared victory. I thank God for what he's doing um, in the lives of these people. I thank God for, you know, um, him giving us a visionary who, beyond that, you know, um, thinks beyond borders and challenges things because when we ask the questions, we get answers, right? There are answers out there to be found, but sometimes we've got to put in the work long dissertation. Sorry about that. But we cannot be ignorant of Satan's devices. We cannot be wandering around as if, you know, what's going on in our lives and what's happening to us is not spiritual, right? I'm not saying everything is spiritual, but sometimes we blow it off as if it's not. Um, and what we need to know is that we fight a real enemy, and we already know that, but we need to be aware of the tactics and the, the tricks that he's using to get to us, to get at us, to destroy us, trying to do what he came to do, kill, steal, and destroy. He is doing his job. He has no problem with that, right? Absolutely no problem with that. So while I was listening to that, I listened to another song by William, um, I think it's McDowell, yeah, and it's talking about going in. And he was saying, take me in, right? Take me in. Take me into your presence. Hold me in your arms. Take me in. I want to be closer. Take me deeper. So this brings me to one of my texts. I have a couple of them, and we'll see um, with time if we are able to cover them. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 3. And I want to read verses 13 through 
17, I believe it is, and maybe just a little bit of four and one. So our theme being open heaven, right? Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I need to be baptized by you and you are coming to me. But Jesus answered and said to him, permit it to be so now. For this is the fulfillment for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. And when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus had to be baptized by John to fulfill all righteousness. And that word fulfill is amazing when you start looking up words in their original context and in the Greek or the Hebrew, since this is New Testament, this is the Greek. I looked up that word fulfill, and it's simply um, to complete or to satisfy or to execute. But one term that I saw in that definition was to level up. To fulfill means to level up. That's like going to another level because now you are ready to handle what's been set before you because of everything you've been through. You are in a position now and in a place now to level up, to go to a higher level. It kind of reminds us or reminds me of going from faith to faith and from glory to glory and strength to strength, right? So all righteousness, he had to fulfill the will of God, the word of God, the plan of God. And John the Baptist had to do it because it had been prophesied that he would back in the Old Testament over in Isaiah 40. Look it up, right? So John was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. He was sent to be the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's sort of like a changing of the guards. And when you have the changing of the guards, there's a ceremony that will take place. The old regime goes away, and it's a big ceremony sometimes. And the new regime comes marching in, and they get now the platform. Verse 16, after Jesus was baptized, the heavens were opened unto him. After his act of obedience, he received open heaven access that's what open is right to move forward or to have access to or um to be able to exchange through passage from a closed position where you had no access now to an open position where you now have the ability to gain what's on the other side where you know initially didn't have access to going in and out so a passageway. So while Jesus was being baptized, when he came up out of the water, they saw the spirit descending like a dove and lighting upon him, right? So light often represents illumination. It makes things clear. It exposes the darkness. That's why that dark cloud from opening up heaven's door is not a cloud that we're looking for, right? We're looking for open heaven access where there is clarity, where we have visions, where we get revelation, where we can get illumination, where there is an unveiling and an uncovering, if you will. That's like removing the lid off of something something, and opening up the lid. And now you got access. It's been unveiled. It's been uncovered. 
and they heard. So not only when heaven opens do we get to see, we also get to hear the voice of God. And what did we hear? We heard the announcement, the pronouncement that this is my beloved son. This is a validation, right? So when heaven opens up for us and it opens up over us, we are able to see, hear, and be validated a pronouncement. Now the changing of guards, here we are leveling up, if you will, before God. And he is saying, look, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He's saying to you, you are my son and my daughter. In you, I am well pleased this time for you to level up. Open up your eyes so that you can see what I'm revealing to you. Open your ears so that you can hear clearly what I'm speaking and saying to you, because now is the time for you to take your rightful place and stand up and do what I've already created and called you to do that's been written of you in the book. You've been validated. So you do not need anybody's validation. That's fine. That's great. If people want to cheer and and go with, that's great. But if they don't, we got to know that we have been called and validated by Christ, by God. He is well pleased because it's him to will and do of his good pleasure in us because he called us. Does that mean we're absolutely where we're supposed to be right now? No, 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 no. Not now. We're on the process of becoming. So then right after this wonderful pronouncement, right after this great unveiling, right after this wonderful here, I'm presenting my son before you, Jesus goes into the wilderness. And not only does he go into the wilderness, we've talked about this before, other people have shared about this, he is led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. By the Holy Spirit. Why? To be tempted. Now, I know some people on this call are exactly like me. I don't want to go through nothing. (laughs) I really don't. But I realize that in this life, we're going to have trials and tribulations and trouble. And the reason why he told us to be of good cheer, because he knows what's on the other side of the thing we have to go through to get to where he is taking us. Right? He told us to be of good cheer. Why? Because he already overcame all that stuff. And the trying of our faith, the things that we have to experience, produces patience in us. It produces endurance and perseverance in us so that we can be stronger and strengthened in our inner man while we're dealing with the next. So that's to Jesus. He fasted for 40 days, not verse 2, but he fasted for 40 days, right? This is in chapter 4 now. And he was tempted with three great temptations, right? And these great temptations kind of mimic the, and he passed them all, right? It kind of mimics the temptation that was um, presented before Adam and Eve. And we both, everybody, I don't say both, but it's more than two of us. We all know that they failed. But he was the one that was able to pass the temptations that were presented before him. And how did he do it? He resisted the devil with himself. Check this out. He used the word. 
we know John tells us in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He defeated Satan by himself with the Word. And so he sets a precedent, an example for us on how to defeat Satan with the Word. He overcame him by his own blood, which hadn't been shed yet, but truth be told, it had been because his blood was shed before the foundation of the world. The lamb was slain, already done. So he overcame him, so he knew that he had the power to overcome him by his own blood and his own testimony that it is written. And he knew he had to lay down his life. He came to die. So he loved not his life even unto death in this earth. Wow. It is written. Are you using your weapon? Are you using your offensive weapon to remind that devil that it is written in the book of me what God has said about me? So after encountering sometimes an open heaven access and revelation and illumination, we got to prepare because sometimes there will be a wilderness. There will be a tempting. There will be a trying. And I won't even say sometimes because we've been promised that that's going to happen. So after he triumphs over the temptation of the enemy, his ministry, his public open ministry began. Now, Jesus was 30 years old, I believe, and so I I, I, I don't know. I, it, it's not written in the book, but just because it's not written in the book does not mean it didn't happen. I don't think he just started. He didn't just start knowing who he was, <laughs> but he had a release, right, at that time. So he was presented on the stage now after he came up out of that water and, and went through the test and did not yield to the enemy. Why is it that he did not yield? Not only was he the word and he knew that he could defeat the enemy by the word, but there was nothing found in him that would give the enemy access, right? Legal access to accuse, torment. He could accuse because he's a liar, but no sin found in Jesus that would give the devil any legal right to overcome or defeat him. So, what did his death do? Why did he have the legal right? Because he knew no sin. He that knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right? So, we've been talking about curses. Now, whether you like the word curse or oppression or bondage, whatever it is, that devil's busy doing some stuff. Right? So, all the way back to Genesis, Genesis 17 is where we find the initial curses. Right? And the reason why, um, just check out Genesis 3, excuse me, Genesis 3, and read the whole chapter. But we find out that the initial curse came from Adam and Eve because of their disobedience. They were told not to do something, and they did it. Not to eat of the tree um, of um, the knowledge of good and evil, and not to eat of the tree of life, and they ended up doing it. There were two trees, really, think about it. And so as a result of that, God had to come. And intervene because once they sinned, their eyes were open, unveiled. Now they could see good and evil, right? Before then, they just saw good because they saw God. 
Now with their eyes open, they can see good and evil. They realize that they're naked and they go and they hide themselves because they were naked at this point and ashamed, right? So when God comes to them and finds them hiding and he says, where are you? Not because he doesn't know where they are, but he wants you to know your condition and where we are, right? Adam says, I hid myself because we were naked. And so God told them, who told you you were naked? That's what sin will do. It will expose your nakedness, right? That's what the eyes being open to evil and not being open to good will have us always thinking about the shame and the guilt and the wrong and the stuff that we've done. Instead of looking at the fact that because of who we are in Christ now, we don't have to keep looking through those same lenses of who we used to be. Come on, those old things, they are passed away, and all things are becoming new because we are new creatures, new creations in Christ. And so this is what we had now, the first blood sacrifice, because what Adam and Eve did was they put on temporary clothing that was going to rot away. They put on some um, fig leaves, and they sewed them together and put them, I don't know how they sewed, needle and thread? I don't know. They put these fig leaves together, and they go and they cover their nakedness, right? And so what God does is he gives them, this is a way of entering into a blood covenant. He kills animals, removes the skin, and covers them with proper clothing. This was just simply preparing the way of the Lord Jesus Christ because Romans 3, 6, excuse me, 3 and 23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So because Adam and Eve sinned, sin enters into the world. We're all born through the lineage because they're the beginning, right? So we're all born into sin and shaped into iniquity is what David talks about. So Romans 3 and 23, that means that all of us, because we come through that bloodline, have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now Romans 6 and 23 says that the wages of sin or the penalty and punishment of sin is is death, but there is a gift of God, which is eternal life. Romans 5 and 8 says he um, demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet in that broken and sin just simply separates us from God, while we were in that separated state, he died for us. He demonstrated his love for us, and he died for us. So, he, because of his great love, wanted to reconcile us back to himself, and he sent his son. Because without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins. The shedding of blood was first done again with the animals to make clothing for Adam and Eve. Now, because there has to be shedding of blood, think back. Look at the Old Testament. All they did was sacrifice blood for animals putting it on the altar to have forgiveness of sins. And the thing was, once they would do it, they would do it once a year, however many different celebrations, but specifically once a year, I think it's Yom Kippur, where they would have to go and atone for the sins. And so God was saying, there's a scripture, and I'd have to find it for you, that your burnt offerings and sins, they stink. Because you keep turning around, you offer up these, and I forgive your sins, and you turn around, and you just start and get back to the same old lifestyle and the same old stuff you've been doing. And then you just come back to me because you know we got this special ceremony to give our get our sins forgiven. He says it stinks. And so he already knew, he prepared before we got here, an ultimate sacrifice where we don't have to no longer 
kill the animals, thank you, Jesus, to have our sins forgiven, because that's what Christ did for us on the cross. Once and for all, he settled it. So I want to read some things to you, some scriptures, and this is where I was talking about them, and I'm going to read through several of them. So Galatians 3 and 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a pole or hangs on a tree. Romans 8, 1 and 2. Now, because of what he did and how he died for us, we know and we can lay hold to the truth of the fact that there is now no more condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So because of what he did, he set us free from the law of sin because remember the wages of sin is death. And without that blood sacrifice, there can be no remission or forgiveness of sin. So what he did, this is very basic. So for those of you that are bored with this, I'm sorry. But this is this is the basics of our foundation of belief, belief as Christians, right? So the guilt of sin and shame. But I know some of us are stuck because we're still being bound and condemned and oppressed by stuff that we've been made free by. So when he paid the price... He settled it because he said it himself. It's finished. So 1 Corinthians 15, 55. This now takes the, the, the trepidation, the fear, the sting it should for us out of death. It says, oh, death, where is your victory? Death no longer has any reign on us. Those that are believers, we simply go into sleep. In fact, everybody is and going to be raised to judgment. Right? And it says, oh, grave, where is your so what he did for us, he took the sting out of death, and I believe that that's how we can go over in Thessalonians 4 over there somewhere and talk about that we don't mourn as those that have no hope because the sting of death being final is not final for us to damnation, but it's to eternal life with Christ. It's to eternal life with the one that we're living our lives for. It's finally to be in his presence, right? But we don't have to wait till we die because we have open heaven access. And because Christ has made us free, we are free indeed. Now we got free access to come boldly over in Hebrews 4 before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find favor in time of need. Does anybody need anything? John 8 and 36. So, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Now, check this out. We can be free and we can choose to stay free, or we can be entangled and yoked up again. Galatians 5 and 1. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. You hear that? He made us free. He's given us liberty to stand fast in, to lay hold of, to walk in, to possess, to put on like a garment the freedom that he has given us and liberty to be who he's called and created us to be without being validated by anybody else or seeking somebody else's approval. And be not, this is the part we don't talk about, it's the last part of this is the B clause, if you will, of Galatians 5 and 1. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 
Now you're telling me to say people can't be under bondage and oppressed and um and have possession, if you will, right, by that enemy. I can't say possession because we don't belong to him. We are we are the possession property under the ownership of our master. That's what Lord is, Jesus Christ, God Himself. But right here, Galatians 5, this is New Testament for you. You can get, we can get entangled again with that yoke, which is a heavy weight that weighs us down of bondage. Second Peter, it talks about those that left and follow after um, Balaam, right? Those people become slaves to whomever has rule or whoever overcomes or overwhelms them. Second Peter 2 and 20 says, If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? Because we escaped death because of his blood, right? And are again entangled in it. In what? The world, getting caught up and consumed with the world and everything that it has to offer, just like Satan did Jesus, right? Had to be our example of how to overcome him and are overcome. Listen, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. You telling me that the enemy can't um, oppress us? We worse off. How? Because we... um it's a decision. We make the decision. We went tricked into it. We go back into and get caught up into and ensnared into the traps and the lures of this world. And then therefore we end up being worse off and we wonder what's wrong. And the word tells us, y'all look that up, Second Peter 2 and 20. When I saw that, it reminded me of the person that, um, the parable, how Jesus said when the house was swept, swept clean. And the enemy went out and he went to, he left, he was, he was, you know, cast out, let's say the devil was cast out, right? And he left and he went and he looked for dry places and he couldn't find no place because he, he couldn't, he was restless. And so he was like, I might as well go on back to where I was. And when he goes back to the house, he finds it swept clean. But the intent is it hasn't been replaced by the spirit of God. And so because the house has been swept clean, because he's no longer present with his, I'm not going to accuse him of nothing because the house is not swept clean i mean it's swept clean and he's no longer there but the holy spirit has not dwelled and taken up residence in that place he comes back into that familiar hear that familiar spirits he comes back into that familiar place and he brings back seven demons with him and then we are worse off than we were in the beginning that's new testament parable so when you get a chance check out second peter 2 and 20 so Paul talks about in Galatians 2.21, time is flying. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. So if I am bound by that law, then what Christ did for us doesn't matter. And I submit to you that it absolutely means everything, because if he didn't die for us and didn't give us a right to the tree of life and eternal life, then what are we doing? What are we believing in? So he even talks, Paul talks to the Galatians in 3 and 1. He says, oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? You hear that term? What is witchcraft? It's trickery. It's deception. It's magic in this natural world, right? And it's dealing with the spiritual divination, with demonic stuff. Who bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? So check that out. If we are not obeying the truth of God's word, 
and we're operating in the opposite of, and we've come out of agreement with what he has said for our lives because as children of God, we need to be led by the Spirit of God, and then therefore we are the sons and daughters of God because we're led by his Spirit. If we're not being led by the Spirit of God, and I know that sounds deep, but that just simply means if we're not consulting him, if we're not, you know, allowing him to, to move and live through us, if we're not allowing him to conform and transform us to the image of his son, if we're not acknowledging him, if we're not in communion with him, right, if we're not obeying him, there's no other alternative than we've come out of agreement with him and we've partnered up with that enemy. And I know that sounds hard, but there's no middle ground. Right. There's no middle ground. So who's tricked us? Who's bewitched us into believing the lies? And we know who it is. It's the enemy of our soul. It's that devil. He's an accuser of the brethren. And before this is look, listen to the rest of this verse. It says to who who tricked you to obey, not excuse me, not to obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was, excuse me, clearly um, portrayed among you as crucified. So, so put it plain, Lisa. Who tricked you to believe the lie when you have seen time after time after time again that God is a healer, that he is a deliverer, that he is the one that wipes up our tears, that he is the one that's able to save, that he is a God that still performs miracles, that Jesus Christ is Lord. He loves you. He loves us. Who tricked us into believing that lie that he does? We've seen him do miracles. Many of us on the call have miracles in our lives. And if you think that a miracle has to be something great and grand, take a breath. Because somebody didn't this morning. And keep living. And as we have our eyes open to an open heaven, we'll be able to see clearly beyond the natural what he is doing in the spirit by his spirit. So we have good news, and I'm almost done, y'all. Romans 8:34, and I want to stay in that that whole chapter of Romans because Romans is um, amazing. It talks about justification and sanctification. It's where we get a lot of our doctrines from that we believe in as Christians. Um, it gives us a lot of um, a firm foundation to build on, even with salvation, right? And even the process of sanctification, right? Going through the process of yet being saved while we're saved. So Romans 8 and 34, so who then can condemn us? Who then condemns? We already know it's the enemy that's condemning us, the accuser of the brethren, right? It is Christ that died for us. It is all, And he is also risen, excuse me. And he is even at the right hand of God making intercessions for us. Now, this might be a whole nother declaration, but I was like, well, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, if, oh, I meant to say that too, y'all, that's the first time we see the Trinity in action, even though the word Trinity is not in the Bible, Godhead, the word is, we see that in action back over there in Matthew, and in, in fact, that account of Jesus' baptism is spoken of in all four Gospels, so you can find them in different places, 
and I came out of Matthew 3, right? But we see God the Father speaking, we see the Holy Spirit descending, and we see Jesus, the Son of God, you know, being the object of that 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 story right there. So back to this. So I'm saying, Jesus, if you already paid the price for us on the cross, and everything you've done for us, for all of our sins, has been dealt with and finished, it is finished, you said it with your own mouth, what are you interceding about? Verse 34 again. Who's even at the right hand of God making intercessions for us. And remember the Holy Spirit, even in that same chapter, I believe it is, talks about he's making intercessions and groanings with utterances that cannot be spoken. So not only is Jesus making intercession, Holy Spirit, they're both interceding on our behalf. What are they interceding about? So that took me to a lot of different places. And a couple of things came up, right? Oftentimes we take the text out of context. And if we don't read the the whole text, like, you know, the book, um, the Bible, the book of Romans, is separated into all these different chapters. But when Paul wrote it, he wrote it as one complete long letter. Can you imagine that? Right, but but it's broken up into chapters and verses so that it's more palatable for us to digest, right? Because there's some heavy stuff in there. So if he already paid the penalty for our sins, what are they interceding? And so remember I said that we have salvation, but we're yet being saved. So that sanctification process, yet being saved. So wow. There's an example, even while he was here, remember that Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. I've interceded. I've conferred with God on your behalf that your faith fail you not. So is he interceding that our faith do not fail us? Is he interceding that we would conform to his image? Is he interceding that we would remember the truth that's been hidden on the inside of us by his word? Is he interceding that we would be led by his own spirit? Is he interceding that we would follow and um, look to heaven to see what's written in, about us in the books? Because remember, we have free will. Because we have a spirit, a soul, and a body, our soul is the seat of our emotions, our intellect, and our will, our ability to make decisions and choices. So because um, we have free will to choose, the Holy Spirit is not going to make us do anything, right? So I started thinking about, wow, he is conforming. If you go on to read the rest of eight, he's conforming and transforming us ultimately to the image of his son. That's it, right? So I was thinking while we're here, what are we still dealing with that he's making intercessions um, about us? He's making intercession about the accusations that that enemy keeps bringing up against us. Right, because we got familiar spirits, we got soul ties we're dealing with, we got unforgiveness that we're dealing with, pride and guilt and shame and doubt and fear and unbelief and envy and jealousy and discord and dissension. And I'm talking about believers. And if that ain't um, a curse and possession, then it definitely is oppression 
and it's being bound. And look, all of us on the call can say, thank God for declare victory. Thank God for the Holy Spirit that we have been set free and recognize that anything that we do can become a yoke of bondage as it is attached to this world. I got some more stuff for y'all, but I want to um, go ahead and let Bubbly pray, and we can get into the rest of this um, in love, life, and victory. So the main thing, the plain thing is, my favorite scripture in Romans 8 and 28, now we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose, right? So I would quote that scripture without looking at the verses above it and beneath it for context, right? And it still means the same thing, but as I read those verses surrounding it, and I've done it before, it was just time for me to see it now, right? But because we partnered up with the Holy Spirit, because remember the Holy Spirit and Jesus are making intercession for us. They are pleading our case for us according to an agreement with the will of God. It's right there in the word, y'all, with the will of God, which is his word, that we would line up with his word and be conformed to the image of his son. So this pleading prevails and it moves God for our good. That's why things work out for our good, because he's obligated to perform his word, and he cannot lie, and his word is set in motion, and it must be accomplished according to what's already been written of us. And it will complete what it has been set out to do. So he then causes things to work out for our good, right, opposed to what the enemy meant for bad. Why? Because we love him and we are called according to his purpose. And his purpose and his plan shall be fulfilled. Hallelujah. And ultimately his plan is that when he sees us, he sees his son. And because of the blood, I declare to you that he does. As I pass the call. Hallelujah. Gracious God. We just come before you, Lord God, thanking you for a brand new day, God. God, we just look to your look to your word, God, to be able to stand and go through each day, Lord God. Thank you for allowing us to be better today than we were yesterday, God. Thank you for your blood, God, that you shed on Calvary for us, oh God. Thank you for the cross. Just looking and thinking about the cross and all that you did for us. Just because you love us, God. Thank you for holding our hands, God. We're leading us into the right direction, Lord God, and not the wrong direction, Lord God. God, we just thank you, Father God, because of your word, Lord God, because we can go to it for everything. No matter what situation, what we are going through, there is a scripture in your word that will be able to soothe us, calm us, and bring us back in right right so standing with you, God. God, we just thank you and bless your name, God. I pray this morning, oh, Heavenly Father, for those who are sick, Lord God, those who are fighting diseases, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for healing, you being a healer, Lord God. I just want to call that Mother Joan, 
God. Pastor LaBelle's mother, God, we ask that you touch her, Lord God. Touch her body, touch her mind, touch her spirit, Lord God. Give her sons and her grandchildren peace, Lord God. It only comes from you, Father God. Lord God, I'm lifting up the bereaved families, Lord God. Those who are still, who are mourning, not still mourning, they are mourning a loved one that is you called home, Lord God. You are a mighty, powerful, all-knowing and loving God, Father God. I'm also calling out uh, Mother Coleman, Lord God. She um, had surgery, Lord God, on her knee. And to God be all glory, she made it through, Lord God. And I know you will continue to keep her in your palms of your hands, Father God. Father, I thank you, Lord God that you are who you say you are, no matter what comes our way, Lord God. I just thank you. I bless your name. And we will continue to lift your name up because you are holy. You are righteous. You are everything we need and everything and more, Father God. Lord, I'm lifting up my girls, the Jackson's girls this morning, Father God. They are just go, um, dealing with some things, Lord God. And I'm praying that you would just be with them, hold them, comfort them, that they would be able to make it to another day, Lord God. I lift up, Lord God, all of those who are struggling in their walk with you, Lord God. But as I said before, in your word, you can find everything you need, everything you need, that you are the comforter, Lord God, that you are the healer, that you are a keeper of us, Lord God, and you are a man who will not lie, God. We just bless your holy name, Lord God. I'm praying for the pastors of the churches, Lord God, that they will continue to lift up their congregations, oh God, and that they will lead the flock into being in a closer relationship with you, Lord God. Help us to be able to go to your word, to discern whatever it is that they're teaching us, Lord God, that it matches up and lines up with your will and your word, Father. We just bless your name, Lord God. God, there is no one like you, Father. Bless our families, Lord God. Bless our children, God. Bless our grandchildren, Lord God. And for those who are lucky and blessed enough to have great grands, bless them, oh God. Keep them in your, keep them, God. Help them to know, know, excuse me, and grow into your likeness of you, Lord God. That's what our ultimate goal is, is that we pass it down to our our seeds, to our children and our grandchildren, Lord God. Bless those who are still blessed to have a job, Lord God. Thank you for blessing those who have employment, Lord God. And those of us who are in retirement, Lord, continue to be with us as we go through that as well, Father God. We just bless your name, and we love you, Lord God. I thank you for declaring victories, all of my sisters and my brothers who are um, there when you need them, Lord God. I thank you so much, God, for declaring victory because without them, I don't know where I would be. But Lord, I thank you and I bless your holy name, Lord God. And for those who would take their phones off mute and to join me in praising your name this morning, 
And it really did solidify um, what we've been talking about and learning. Um, and I love how God does things. He's got people now. So you, you guys may not know, but I went to um, Chicago as well. And that was a phenomenal experience. And it gave me access to um, another level that I just didn't have. And I'm not saying another level like great. I'm just saying it exposed me to something I had not been exposed on that level before. And so I believe that um, as we get exposure to other things, we have a responsibility to learn and grab hold because obviously God has given us the capacity to receive, right? But then to take what we've learned, just like he told Peter that he prayed for him, and he says, when you are converted, when you are turned away from your rotten thinking and your thinking that's contrary to the word, that's contrary to me, God, right? When you're converted, that's like repentance. Repentance is simply a turning away, a changing of your mind, a rethinking of your mind about that situation and thinking towards God, right? When you are converted, go and strengthen your brethren. So as we get breakthrough, as we get illumination, revelation, as we get and see the miracles, um, and as we see and hear the testimonies, and as we are operating in miracle signs and wonders, we have a responsibility to demonstrate his power, not just in word, but with power, Paul says, to those that don't believe. And he wants us to use us to be signs. <laughs> he wants to work his signs, miracles, and wonders through us. And so as we get exposure to this teaching, be prepared, right? Take it in. Take notes. Do your own study. Do your own research. And, and I'm doing, like now, um, if nothing else, is causing me to do a different study out of my school study, just which requires more. So amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Did anybody join the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning. I joined the call. This is Priscilla. Hey, Priscilla. Good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Hey, I joined the call. Day five. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> oh, no. It's Priscilla's fifth day. Oh, well. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> she said I didn't count no days. I couldn't resist. I'm not counting. <laughs> right. I heard you. I was at work. I don't always get to talk, but...
different um in the declare victory um facebook page in the room and then of course the walk it out um as you not of course but in addition to the walk it out room um as um Shante, i know you from there a little more intimately amen yay thank you anybody else want to say good morning glory good to morning. god good morning good morning i heard two people natasha good morning everybody Hey, Natasha, we missed you Thursday. <laughs> missed you guys. Too. Good morning, it's Sister Tracy. Good morning, everyone. Sister Tracy, good morning. Somebody else is saying. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, it's Cindy. Hey, Cindy. How are you, hey. lady? Hey, there. Look, we don't hear your voice all the time, and I think the last three days you've been saying good morning. What's up, lady? <laughs> Listen, that's just funny because we sit on the sideline and we don't be saying mm-hmm. nothing, but we be listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So good to yeah. hear you, lady. Good to hear you. Thank you. Good morning. Just, Dita, good morning. You did amazing. Hey, no coughing, and that, that was so fresh. That was dope. That was dope. Good Amen. Morning. Glory to God. Go on the bootcamp, girl. Go on. Good morning. Oh, not on today. Not on today. Oh, what? I'm, I'm cutting. Don't tell nobody. Don't be overeating, no. Okay. <laughs> Do all that. Good morning. Who was trying to say good morning? I'm sorry. Good morning, family. Good morning. Good morning, Lisa, Lisa. Hey, Dondria. Good morning. And who else? Hey, y'all. Good morning. This is Shantae. Hey, Shantae. Good Good morning. morning. And I just want to thank and praise God that my sister, Asia, was able to join the call. I'm in my living room shaking. I don't know why, but I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm just thankful. God is awesome and amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, he is. And he knows what you stand in need of. We thank God for right now open door opportunities, right? That's a part of the open heaven. When we expect God to, he does. He moves. Yes. And I don't know exactly what it is that my sister needs, but if there could be a sister on the line who doesn't mind um, possibly reaching out to her, if it's okay with her, um, to pray with her. In Jesus' name. Man. We don't mind at all. Um, the thing is, for your sister, if she would desire, that she would ask. Right? Amen. And so we open up our own mouths for ourselves and speak on our behalf because we know what we need, right? And even when we don't know what we need, he knows what we need. But we first have to have a willing mind ourselves, and that's a part of submission, right? That's a part that's of exposing right. ourselves and becoming vulnerable and to go on and admit that we blew it. We messed up. We don't have it right. We need some help, right? So he told us if we cry out, if we call out unto him, he's a very present help in the time of trouble. And so what we have to start learning how to do is asking for help. Amen. Amen. So, Asia, we are here for you. If you desire, then you open your mouth and ask this. Hallelujah. I believe he's already doing it. Good. (laughs) I'm just waiting on him. I know him. I love him. Hallelujah. I thank him that he woke me up this morning. I thank him. I've been in revival at my church all week, and I'm thankful that he's touching me. And yeah. I'm just praying, you know, I think he, I'm praying that he's going to open this door for this home I'm trying to get into, but I'm already believing that he's doing it. And I'm just praying for peace in the midst of a storm. Because, but I know he's a good guy. I know he's going to take care of me. 
I just need, you know, uh, just a few people to just lift up my family while, while we're in the storm. Uh, just to believe that uh, the battle's already won, just in the, the thankful place. Because once we ask, we already receive. So I'm just sitting here going, okay, Lord, all I need is a couple people to just say it is done. It is done. <laughs> for agreement with your confession that it is done according to the will and the word of God. Yes, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And because you know the word of God, here comes the opportunity for the testing. So the trying of your faith is produced. Come on in and through you and because God is faithful yes. and cannot lie and he has yes. spoken already a judgment over your life you shall see the manifestation of yes. it and he is not you're not waiting on him he waiting on you yes. hallelujah right so what yes. you do you just stand in the midst of it and keep oh, your faith you, so we Jesus. come into agreement with your faith and everybody yes. else on this call that believes oh, that God is able hallelujah he will do what he promised and thank he is you. faithful he is a God that cannot lie yes. because he spoke and said some things over our lives, not just yours, but our lives. Yes. He will accomplish what he's already said. So we yes. thank you, God, in the meantime, in the waiting period, yes. in what thank feels you. like a wilderness, there is a refreshing. Yes. We thank you that we have a thank you on our lips, God, and we don't have to wait until the manifestation yes. to thank you yes. because yes. we believe it's already done in the name of Jesus. Yes. So while we're in the midst of getting to where you have us to go, we're going to dance and shout and believe you until we get there. And when we get there, God will tell everybody that Come this on. was the Lord's doing. This Hallelujah. was the yes, Lord's Lord. doing. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It was marvelous in our sight. So many times we are so busy talking about how busy the devil is. Listen, there's some things that have already been established and set up by God for us. That I believe if we start speaking it, we'll start seeing it. Because we have the God kind of faith that speaks those things that be not as though they were. By faith, things were created. And we were created in his image and his likeness to speak things into existence. We have power to speak life over dead situations. Yes, thank you. Come on, we have the great one living on the inside of him by himself, by his spirit. So, yes, yes sis, I am. We are in agreement with you that yes. the word of the Lord will be performed over your life and not just your life, sis. Everybody on this call that are born again believers. And if you are not, listen, you don't have to be left out. You can be. You can Thank be. Thank you, Jesus. Just open your mouth and say something. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Welcome, Asia. Bless you, sis. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Shantae. Hallelujah. Did anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning, Sarge. I heard you. Good morning. Amen. I think we well past the good mornings. Anybody have anything to share? I had a lot more stuff. For those of you that do declarations, um, and that have a plethora of resources, our primary one being the Holy Spirit, um, and have books on your bed, like <clears throat> myself, a few other people, even some married people, right? Um, there's so much information. Um, so I just believe that God put out what he wanted 
to um, get out, but there was so much more, again, to be said because of, um, I believe, the trajectory and the track that he has this call going on, um, just speaking about open heaven. We know we have access. We heard it over in Hebrews, right? We know the veil is torn, but do we really um, engage in, pursue, try to um, reach that open access? So does anybody have anything? Um, can I say one thing? Uh, <clears throat> God is calling us to a place that we've never been before. The Bible says leaving the principles, thank you, Jesus, of what we first believed. We have to go to a different place in God. He said when he pours out his spirit among all flesh in the last days, He's going to do such a great work in us. It's going to be a new work because <clears throat> I know that, uh, yes, people need to ask, but we also need to just go into those places and begin to, hallelujah. The, the Father said in the end times that we would raise the sick, heal the dead, and cast out demons. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to walk in the same authority that he said that we would walk into. He said we would do greater works than him. And right. so this is a place that God is wanting to take us to in this in this new season. It's, it, our eyes haven't seen, and I know that we say that, but it's going to be a deeper walk than we've ever been into. And I, I'm just thanking God for where he's going to take us because right. – I'm thanking God that he's building up his army right now. I know, you know, I've been in this revival. I've been feeling such a push in my spirit. Mm. That's a new push. It's different. Mm-hmm. It's like the rain, the fire of God is waiting. The word says that the creation waits for the manifestation of the children of God to yeah. get into the places that he's called them into. And I just believe that it's the time for us to go deeper. This is a time of prayer and fasting like never before. We need to be fasting more than eating because in that fasting place, God begins to get down and speak to us on a different level. I remember one time I had been fasting for three days and the Lord said to me, there was a woman by the name of Anita who had a word for me, but I didn't even know an Anita. So I knew that I was in a place to hear the things of God. And when the Lord showed me this woman, she wasn't even here in California. She was over there in Ohio. And she spoke a word to me on Facebook that only God knows. And God wants us to get to a place in him that we're fasting so much. If he says, go over to this homeless man right now and begin to to speak over him or go over here and ask the Lord to cast out these demons, we have to do these things and take authority and begin to move so that when, when, like they said, when, when Paul moved or when Jesus moved, the, his whole uh, presence, it, it lit up the people that were around them. We're walking around people in this. What's so sad to me is this is 2019. There are people who still don't know to call on God. Right. But those who are called according to his purpose need to walk in the authority to demonstrate what it's like to be a child of God for those of, that are not asking. 
We need to walk in and say, but God, and begin to walk in that authority and and cast out those demons and those sicknesses because some people are not asking and he's coming back and they're still not asking. Right. So so here's the thing. Thank you for that. Um, there's absolutely um, a call for those who are hearing, right? For the asking is for us um, as believers because yes. there's some things that we need yes. to ask God for yes. that we can only get by entering in. Like you yes, said, right? Yes. And because we have an open heaven access, when we have access, that's the time to ask, right? So we open Amen. up our mouths Amen. because what the enemy tries to do is silence us, right? So the fasting is to kill and crucify this flesh. Until we do that, right? And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to say that because of God and his Holy Spirit, he uses vessels. He will use whomever he wants to. There have been times, and plenty of people can attest to this, right, and this is nothing to brag on, when everything wasn't great and perfect and God still used me to minister and witness to somebody else. Now, the problem is that if I'm living a raggedy life, and that was long ago, if I'm living a raggedy life, then I can witness and minister and be used as a vessel of God because the gifting and callings are without repentance, but I still bust hell wide open. Right. And people get delivered and get saved. That's what we see going on today. People don't have an intimate relationship. So fasting does kill our flesh. It puts us in a position to hear God more clearly. It's done for us. Right. Fasting is not for God. Now, God said that some people are fasting and he didn't call for a fast. In fact, yesterday we were talking about fasting. I was at work and I couldn't chime in. And fasting is absolutely wonderful. But we've put fasting to the place where we're just not eating. We're just not eating. And that's really not what the intent of the fast is. Because the fasting is to kill this flesh, to get into a place where we drown out the noise so that we can hear the Spirit of God. Come on now, so that we can hear him, so that he can tell us to move. But if I hadn't fasted and I'm walking down the street and I see a homeless person, they aren't the ones that have to ask because they don't know what to ask for. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying homeless as if they don't know God. I'm saying seeing a person that doesn't know God. If they don't know God, they don't know to ask. But we being children, he has told us on so many occasions we have not because we ask not. Yes, yes, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's some things we got to open up our mouths and come off because because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to look like we need anything. And I think that's the trick of the enemy amongst many, right, to get us to be silent and not say nothing and not even tell on him as he's been accusing us all along. Yes, come on. (laughs) Thank you, sis. I appreciate that dialogue. Go ahead. Hey, Lisa, um, really quick. This is um, a a bit of a corner turn, but I feel it uh, in my belly. Can we all do something really, really quick? Can everyone on the count of three say Kedra? Kedra. Um, I feel like a tugging, almost like a jump rope in the center of my belly. So just really, really quick, wherever she's at, um, even if she's on this line right now, We are interceding for you. You shall live and not die. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Amen. One, two, three. Just say your name. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, God. Thank you, And just during during the course of your day, if you would, uh, if you just be so kind, when she enters your mind, simply say her name. Thank you, Jesus.
the devices of the enemy. We know how to fight. And I was just listening the other day. Our fighting sometimes is not on the battlefield. It is in the courthouse. Mm -hmm. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Kedra. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Anybody? Anything? Sister Lisa. Good morning, family. Good morning, Pam. Good morning. That was a wonderful declaration, God. Holy Spirit is just amazing. Um, when you, in His Word, um, the when you were speaking on uh, Matthew three, um, I loved the part that op- this is what God opened up to me. As soon as Jesus was baptized, after he um, after he was baptized, and um, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I remember. I like to reflect on when God says, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased, all those wonderful things. The next scripture was he was led by the spirit into the desert to be tempted. And that was just so powerful to me. I had never, I never even realized that it was that immediate after mm-hmm. his baptism. Cause I think as me, you know, a bapt- I still haven't been baptized and God's been speaking to me on it. And this is like number two, like the second Thing that I'm getting from him about it. So um, I believe that I'm I'm there. I'm going to be baptizing. But um, okay, I we think about it as like a celebration, you know, and it is. But I just found it so powerful how right after then his thoughts are not like our thoughts. Where mm-hmm. Jesus go right after the baptism? He was led into <laughs> the uh, wilderness. So I just thought that was so powerful. Thank Amen. you for your share. Thank you, sis. And when you were praying this morning, your voice sounded so pure and clear. It was like a clarity. So I thank God for clarity coming as it's there and arriving, right, that things will even become more clear. It's amazing that after our mountaintop experiences and great breakthroughs, oftentimes it is preparation and enough, if you will, even in the natural, to get our endorphins up, to get our spirit up, right, so that we're ready to face what's coming. So he had to go and triumph over what Adam and Eve failed to triumph over the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. He overcame that in the wilderness and then was released into the world, if you will, for his three-year ministry, three and a half years, I think, to, to begin. And I would submit to you, it didn't just start then. That's all we have written in the book. But I know he knew who he was. So was he holding back? Was there a revealing? You know, was it was it because of such a time as this at the appointed time? Man, the word is so rich and powerful. Thank you, Pam. It makes us um, think. And when we hear one thing, it makes us think about another thing. And, wow, then it should cause us to want to go and pick up that book ourselves and go looking. Like, really? You still interceding? I thought you paid for it and it was finished. <laughs> so glory to God. Amen. Anybody else? Good morning. Good morning. Um, okay. 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 I'll, I'll go. <laughs> so, um, I'm not sure how to say this, but um, it may be a little bit off topic. But I, uh, when you were talking about 
opening your mouth for yourself. Um, it brought to my heart um, a situation that just happened the other day. I called my sister in love, my, my brother's wife, I call her. Um, and she was distraught. And she said, our family's not doing too well because uh, I went to, she went over to her aunt's home. Her aunt and uncle both um, passed some years and they left one son who's, who's an adult. But they went to the house to find that um, someone was changing the locks. And, and the short of it is the house had been had been lost. And this was a family home where everybody gathered and people had a lot of memories. And so people were distraught because no one knew. Um, because the son who had been living in the house had uh, basically put up, um, I don't want to say a front, but he hadn't made people aware because they had gone to see him, but they hadn't gone into the house. And she said she went into the house and she almost wanted to throw up when she saw what the house had looked at and all the memories she had and she had and was regretting that she had gone in there. But the bigger issue was the fact that no one can get a hold to uh, the son. His name is Anthony Williams. He goes by Tony. He won't return anyone's call. So you can imagine um, what kind of state he must be in. And, and on, on top of that, he's, he's strung out. Mm. So the, 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 there's a fear and concern about his safety and everything he's dealing with over the loss of his, his, his parents' home. Um, and one of the first things I thought about was the Declare Victory family and that he's going to need some help if they find him because the likelihood of him talking to someone is um, probably not good, that he needs someone, and I thought he needs a man of God that he can talk to who may have been down the road that he's been on who can, uh, who can help him. And so I'm asking if um, there may be someone who would be willing to just maybe give a phone number um, that if they are able to reach him or they can leave messages right now on his phone and say to call this number for someone who could talk. Um, he may not be ready. We don't know. But um, we know that he needs some intervention and he's going to need some help. Um, they're looking at some programs for him that may be available for him to get into. But again, they can't find him. He's not returning uh, phone calls. And so it's just um, one of those situations where um, we don't know if he's ready to ask. I don't know if he is a man of God, but I know that uh, people of God can touch those who aren't, who mm-hmm. haven't had the revelation yet. So just uh, ask him for prayer for Tony Williams. You know, and he calls himself a man of the streets. You know, he's one of those guys. You know, he calls and he refers to himself as he's a hospital, that kind of thing. But clearly the streets have overtaken him. Because mm, right. um, he's out here strung out and, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a really bad place. So just been thinking about those who aren't able to or ready or in a position that don't know to call on God for themselves. Yeah. How we who can't are able to intercede and mm-hmm. Uh, can be available to just say, I'm here for you, brother, if you want to talk, because I've been down that road, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I just that was just on my heart. Uh, so thank you. I just wanted to put that out there to the family. Thank you. So, again, when you're um, lifting up Kedra, add Tony um, to that. And is there a man on this call, you are a man of God, I know, that is willing um, to extend beyond yourself, um, and if nothing else, come into agreement with prayer. But do we have a man on the call? I'm not putting you on the spot, but if you're feeling led by the Lord, because it was requested. Good morning. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Good morning. So this is um this is Brother Eric. Um and so um I want to start it. Um so I'm I'm here. Um and and so the sister's name just Natasha. Natasha. Oh Natasha. Yeah. Okay. I'm kinda in and out. Um if somebody can get her my um I actually have both of your numbers. Can I, um, or do you guys want to inbox each other on Facebook? I don't know how you want to do that. Um, uh, text uh, text probably will be better for me. Yeah, yeah, just, um, okay. just, um, we can exchange, just give give me a call. And okay. Talk Thank about you. it. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, brother. So uh, you said you ended that out. That mean you fell asleep on a declaration? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's all right. I understand. <laughs> I know. I mean, with... I think you were saying my phone couldn't hear oh, me. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> <Yeah>. Amen. <laughs> See, I was putting him on the spot. He ain't saying nothing, so that might have been it. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we 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 might have to listen to the playback again. <laughs>
Hallelujah. Anybody else have anything? It's quiet. We still here? <laughs> so open heaven access. A couple of the other things that I had written that um, just time would not allow me to share. Um, I was talking about in James, like 14 and 15. It says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. And then after the desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And then sin, when it's full grown, it gives birth to death, right? So I never really tripped off of Second Peter how it talked about, you know, um, if we go back into the world after we've been delivered from whatever it is, and that may be the case with some of us, right, um, we end up worse off. But nevertheless, it doesn't take us outside the reach of and the love of God, because that's what chapter 8 goes on to finish, to say who can separate us from the love of Christ, the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Right? So in the same way that the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses and our infirmities, and we don't know how to pray, and if we do know how to pray, we're interceding on behalf of those that don't know how to pray for themselves, what are we praying? Are we praying according to the word of God? And this is when Dion was teaching about, you know, arrows and bows. Are we hitting the target or are we just aiming and firing all over the place because we're praying from the seat of our emotions and how we feel about the situation, which most of the time has absolutely nothing to do with the reality of the situation about what God has already spoken and what he's already written in his book concerning that person and the matter. Hey, good good morning again. Um, good morning. You know, um, you provide you 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 provide with those two um, seemingly I, I, I use the quotes seemingly uh, contradictive uh, verses mm-hmm. uh, that. And, and 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 you know I'm I'm just gonna go out there and this is you know this may not necessarily be everybody's belief this is my belief there's a camp that says once saved always saved mm-hmm. and I I I don't propose that because because we do we have been created with free will we have been created to um to to make choices for example um. And the Bible talks about when when Satan held, uh, when Satan fell, and 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 it says, you know, uh, son of the morning, you know, you were you were the perfect covering cherub until iniquity was found in your heart. And so, you have you have a being here who who we now know is is is, is called Satan, is adversary, but you know he was uh, the highest angel. Now he was created perfect. He was in the very glory of God, had access to God that no other angel had. In fact, he was the worship leader. He was the one who heralded the glory of God when it when it came time uh, for worship. 
the iniquity was fall in, in, fell into his heart, and we know as well as he knows um, where where his situation is. But then you, but has God stopped loving him? Mm-mm. And so when we talk about that that scripture, who can separate us from the God? It's not talking about a physical separation. God will always start loving it. it I have it in mind of, of a parent. All right, whose child has left home and whose whose child is out there, that parent never stops loving that child. Right. The parent will never stop loving that child. But the child has a choice, and the choices that the child makes will determine the, the, the pathway that child's life will come or the consequences or the blessings that child may entail because that child has 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 um has made a choice. And any loving parent can lock their kids up and say, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. But any parent who loves them understands that to do that would mean, you know, leaving that child with not a choice to, to, to either grow or to be become the, 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 the man or woman that child is. And so any parent that loves them understands that, listen, I love you so much that I have to allow you to be the person that you are. And I will love you and I will continue to pray for you. I will continue to to reach out for you. But that's all, there's a point that that's all I can do until you make the decision or never make the decision to come back and to come back into yourself. I will always pray for you. I will always love you. And we know sometimes those situations, the child may enter into a place where they, where they lose their life or or whatever away, but that parent never stops loving him, and I think that's that, and I know that's the situation that that God has for us. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I don't know if I'm answering your question. I feel like I'm kind of like a little bit rambling. <laughs> that's all right. No, it's all good, right? Because just because He loves us doesn't mean we won't have to suffer the consequences of our choices. Exactly. Some people choose not to choose Him. Right. right, right. But it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't stop him from loving us. Not at uh, all. Revelations, it says, you know, I stand at the door of your heart, mm-hmm. you know, and knock. If any man hears my voice, you know, and, and invites me in, then I will come in and sup with him. And there he is, I will be with him always, you know, but we have to open the door of our, of our heart. There is a point where we can walk out of our relationship with God. If we are not truly transformed, we're not truly changed and 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 and, and decide that. And, and 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 once again I give the example of 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 Lucifer who was created perfect, who was in a perfect relationship with God, who had all access of God, but for whatever reason iniquity was found in his heart and he decided to to leave that. Uh um he decided not not into the place where he said, you know, I'm going to you know, I'm going to go, but he decided it by his words and by his actions. And because of his actions, God said, you can't be here. You can't be here anymore. You cannot, I cannot have you in my house. <laughs> right. Where you go into dissension and division. <laughs> go against my authority. You've uh-huh. got to go. So. Yeah. 
Right, and his issue was pride. I, 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 I. I think it was five eyes and one one verse or something like that, or in a series right. of some really short, compacted verses. And ultimately, I will be like the Most High God. But isn't that something when God has gifted us and everything that we have is a gift from God, and nothing that we have, you know, because our own righteousness, our own goodness, our own stuff is really filthy rags before God is what He says. And the gifts that we have have been given to us by Him. How is it that we can't think that we're great? Excuse me, that was a cough. Or grand or something other than a vessel to be used by him. And so however we use that will determine if we're vessels of honor or dishonor. Thank you, Brother Eric. One thing that I had written down was um, Pretty Patrice asked about you know, like the sins of our fathers, and we know we've been released from the curse of the sin-in-law and death. Um, but think about this. I had this analogy while I was riding um, down the road yesterday. And I saw a loaf of bread, and everybody's familiar with this. And if you have that bread sitting on the counter for long enough, and you just have one slice at the end, that ends up with mold or mildew. Before you know it, that whole loaf is full of mildew and molded, right? So, Scripture, Galatians 5 and 9, it's a little leaven that leaveneth the whole lump. Old Testament, um, uh, it's not the book of Solomon, Solomon but, <coughs> excuse me, Solomon talks about um, the little foxes that spoil the vine. And so Pretty Patrice had asked, am I responsible? Hold on a second. Am I responsible, thank you, for the sins of my father? And so when we think about sin and how subtle it is and how it's infectious and contagious like that little piece of bread that ends up spoiling the whole loaf, that little leaven, which is considered sin, that will spoil, spoil the whole lump. Um, and it's subtle, and then it's deadly, because remember that sin brings forth or gives birth to death. I just read that in James 1, 14 and 15. If we have undealt with sin that's been passed on from bloodline to bloodline, now call it what you will, whether it's molestation, whether it's, you know, continued patterns of adultery, whether it's continued patterns of doing witchcraft or whatever it might be, right, and it has not been broken, it will affect us. Now, call it a curse, call it oppression, call it whatever you will, it will affect us because it started in our bloodline, it's never been dealt with, and it's been passed on cyclically from generation to generation, right? And the only way we can be free from any curse is if we are under and covered by the blood, but, not but, because it doesn't take away the power of the blood, we still have to be led by the Spirit of God. Because I could be covered by the blood and I could still be living a cursed kind of life because I'm not following his word. I'm not being led by the spirit. Okay, examples. There are some in the Bible um, promises that are called conditional clauses. They are if then. If you do this, then I will do this. If you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good or the fat of the land. So what does that imply? If you're not willing and you're not obedient, you're not going to experience 
or eat the good or fat of the land. So if we don't do what's on one side of the clause, then we don't experience the promise or the benefit or the blessing of the other side of the clause, right? You can see that really clearly in Deuteronomy that Dion went over in 28, how just those first little few verses talks about if you do this, you'll be blessed. However, if you do all the rest of that, which is so much more than the conditioners of you do this, you will be cursed. You will experience, not experience the blessing. So if you don't even like the word curse, just say you will not experience the blessings of what God has promised. So if you keep your mind stayed on me, I will keep you in perfect peace. So if we don't keep our mind stayed on him, we are not kept in perfect peace. And some people would call that a curse if they ain't got no peace in their mind. If you give, I will give unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. We know he's talking about forgiveness, right? Because with the same measure you meet with all, it will be measured unto you again. So let's just use it for forgiveness and not money. If you don't forgive with a measure, how are you going to be forgiven? And then we walk in the consequences of not doing what he told us to do, and to some people, call it oppression, call it possession, call it whatever you will. If we're not experiencing the blessings and the promises of God, then we're not living on what's opposite. Oppression, curse, if you will. Right? So I think the way we look at curse, we're looking at like a witch or a warlock, you know, uh, putting something on us. And guess what? Remember, in the New Testament. If the house, if the person makes a decision, like Brother Eric was talking about, to go back into the world, we're now consumed by it, the world. And we don't talk about this enough. Well, I don't know if we need to, whatever. Just being aware that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He is the God with a little g of this world. And I didn't make that up. That's the word. He is. So why would we think that if we're not following under and being led by the Holy Spirit to the best of our ability, and I'm not talking about perfection, and I'm not talking about legalism, and I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with the God that we say we love. If we're not trying to live a life that's pleasing according to him, anything contrary to that, there is no other. If we come out of agreement with the word, we come into agreement with the enemy. And that sounds hard, but that's the way God keeps saying it to me. If you're not in agreement with me, you are in agreement with that enemy. And nobody wants to admit that we're in agreement with the devil. At least not intentionally, we shouldn't, right? So he's really been drilling that into me. And I'm like, okay, God, I get it. I understand. Right? I'm understanding. As we are being exposed to new levels and open doors and access and more teaching and our capacity is being enlarged. Right to know him more, and the more we desire to know him, the more he reveals and makes himself known to us, then we got to deal with that information we're getting and learn how to apply it to our right now life, and then help others <laughs> as we can for those that will hear and those that are ready. And we're not already, and that's okay, because when we are, 
we might have to play catch up. Because <laughs> the sister said, even the earth is groaning and waiting. That's right there in Revelation, that same chapter 8. The earth is groaning, I believe, or at least still in the book of Revelation. Groaning and waiting for the sons of men to stand up and take their rightful place, the sons of God. To stand up and take their rightful place. And we are them. We are they. <laughs> so the earth, even under that curse, right? It's still waiting for things to be corrected and come into alignment and agreement with the word of God. So his plan can prevail and it will. Amen. Well, thanks for sparking that, Brother E. Anybody of anything, it is about at the hour. So does that make it hard for us? Check this out. For you to know to do good and do it not, it is sin. That's James 7 and 4 and 17. And, um, but, the, but the thing is, because we're not doing this in our own strength and our own might, it's the Holy Spirit that works in us to will and do of God's good pleasure. I believe, and what I'm learning to do more and more, is to yield to the humble, the Holy Spirit. And in humbling ourselves, right, if we humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God, he'll exalt us in due season, right? But there is a scripture when we talk about casting out devils, and we absolutely have that authority, and we have that ability and responsibility and that right to do so. There are some other things that we have, right, to deal with that enemy. He says, if we submit ourselves unto God and resist that devil, he got to flee. Excuse me. It doesn't mean he's not coming back. James 4 and 7, you can read it for yourself. Submit unto God. That means we're walking in humility before God, and we're resisting that devil. We're not giving in. We're not taking the opportunity to clap back. We're not taking opportunities to be offended when we can be, but we're making a decision not to be, right? We're not getting caught up in the gossip and the slander and the envy and the strife and the stuff. We're not being bewitched and tricked and fooled because we're not ignorant of Satan's devices to kill, steal, and destroy and sow discord, right? So we resist all of his tricks and his traps to get us caught up. Got to flee. I don't mean he ain't coming back, but he got to flee, right? We do get to cast the devil out, Mark 16 and 17, right? And then guess what? Even the Lord God rebukes him. That's found over in Jude 1 and 9 and Zechariah 3 and 2. And here's another thing that I would admonish all of us if we're not doing it, and I know plenty of us are, that we cast down imaginations because we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. Our siblings are not the issue. Our parents are not the issue, right? We're not wrestling against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places, right? So we have the authority and the ability to cast down every imagination, literally pull them down and stop them from resurrecting a stronghold in our mind, any thought and any imagination that would exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ. And Christ is the knowledge of God's word. Do we know the truth of God's word? And if we have any thought, any imagination that's contrary to the truth of God's word, we have the responsibility, according to 2 Corinthians 5 and 2, 
or 10 and 5, excuse me, 2 Corinthians 10 and 5, yes, to cast down and pull down every imagination and bring it under the obedience of Christ. What does that mean? Bring every thought, bring every imagination, bring it under the obedience of the word of God. That's how we can try and see if our thoughts are lining up with the word. And if it's not, we have the responsibility to take it and pull it down before it becomes a thought pattern, before it becomes a belief, before it becomes a lifestyle, before it becomes the behavior, before it becomes a part of who we are. If it's contrary to the word of God. And because we have a life before Christ, we got to go and pull some stuff down that's been resurrected in our minds, which has seeped down into our hearts. And we need to now make that stuff conform, just as we are being conformed to the image of Christ. And how do you do that except you know the word? And how do we do that except the Holy Spirit reveals? And how do we do that except we have a relationship? And then we won't be entrapped and entangled and ensnared by the tricks of that enemy. He's not wiser than our God. He is not opposite of our God. He was created by our God. He's not on the same playing field. He's not omniscient, meaning knowing everything. Not omnipotent, does not have all power. All that belongs to our God and belongs to us because he lives on the inside of us. And when the sister talked about um, eyes have not seen and ears have not heard and neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him, the rest of that scripture talks about, but he's revealing that stuff to us by his spirit. So we are not left in the dark. We have open heaven access to mysteries, to revelation, to illumination, to power by the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. And that devil has no authority over us unless we give it to him. And even then, it's false authority because he don't have the right. So, amen. I believe, I pray something was said today. That blessed you, that made, that might cause us to think a little bit more, that might want to cause us to go and study um, a little more, um, to challenge our own selves. I know that this is challenging me, and I'm grateful because it's giving me more tools in my tool belt to live by and to help um, others because I believe we're helpers one to another, to help others to um, to recognize that we can do this because we're not doing it by ourselves. First of all, we have the Holy Spirit, and then we have each other. Sister Lisa. Yes, ma'am. Juliet, could you could you please could you guys please keep me in your prayers? Because I've been seeing this pulling of God, you know, to go deeper. Um, finding myself speaking more in my heavenly language, and mm. I'm just feeling a pulling, you know. Yeah. I just I need, I. I I know what that what that sister was saying is so true. God is calling us mm-hmm. deeper place. Yeah. With, you know that struggle, flesh. Had to bind that flesh. Each one of us has to cross that. You know, we all got to go across. And when and you when you were saying that, you know, that Jesus, you know, those three temptations. Mm-hmm. You know, after that, able to get that together. He was able to tackle that, that he went into his ministry. Mm-hmm. And then we started seeing, the, you know, the dead raised and the blind getting their sight and all of that. 
Not saying that he couldn't have done it because he's God without that, but, you know, this is the humanity he has to go through. Right. You know, take up your cross and follow me. That's what he right. said, right? And so, um, yeah, I've just been having this, this struggle. You know, I'm struggling. Like, I know a lot, most, a lot of us that are really pressing in to God are having struggles. And um, I just wanted to put that out there. I just wanted to put that out there because, you know, I'm one of those people that stay in my closet. (laughs) And keep coming out and then going back in and coming out and going back in and sticking your head out and we see you and then you go back in. But listen, the thing is, because God has a plan for your life, The thing with Jesus, when he went into the wilderness, he already knew who he was. And I'm talking about full humanity. I'm not even talking about deity. He already knew why he came here. He already knew what was written in the book of him. He already knew what he had to accomplish. So when he went in, he didn't believe the lies that the enemy told him because he understood the truth. And he received and appropriated it for himself because he is the truth. Right? So when we believe the truth, we will not be in a position where we can keep falling back to and believing the lie. And I think to believe, not I think to believe the truth, we got to look at some of those conditional things that God says. He told us in Colossians to set our affections on things above. Right? He told us to renew our minds. By the washing and regenerating of the word. He told us so many things in the word that I think we're just used to reading. But if we can read them as conditions, if you do this, then we have the legal right to go to God and say, Lord, I did this. And you said that if I did this, this is what I should expect to see according to your word, which is true and cannot lie. And how many times do we have to do this? As much as we need to, as many times as necessary, until we start believing it. And so that when we know the truth, how do you recognize a counterfeit? You know the truth. You know the truth so well that when the counterfeit shows up, uh uh-uh, that ain't it. That That ain't true. That ain't, nope, that's a counterfeit. And what do we do with a counterfeit? We discard it. We don't take heed to it. We give it no place because it has no right to operate. It's fake. So we know the truth so well, and you know the truth, Juliet. It's just a matter of you and us because we do sometimes struggle. It's nothing but the trick of the enemy to try to keep us from our destiny. But listen, these are seeds that have been planted. Some stuff he's still not doing because we keep going back and grabbing the stuff because of our memories, because of stuff we're attached to, because of stuff that even, what I want to tell you, remember that word I gave before was pronoia, and that's um, thinking and believing that the universe I say God is conspiring to do us good. It's no different than paranoia, the opposite. Thinking people ought to get us, thinking that, you know, it ain't going to work, thinking that I'm going to fail. Listen, Jesus was able to speak the word and see deliverance as a result of that because when he went into the temptation, he already knew. 
he was coming out on the other side because he had a purpose to fulfill. And you got a purpose to fulfill. And I believe this is why it's so important to know why we are here. What's been written in the book of you, Juliet, according to Psalms 139 and 16. So that you can't be, we can't be distracted when the enemy tries to bring us something different according to what's already been written and established before we got here that God has preordained for us to do. And if we vacillate and keep vacillating, it's a distraction. It creates a distraction. And not only does it create a distraction, it creates a turmoil, right? But God is faithful when he said, if you draw nigh unto me, I'll draw an eye into you. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be fed. You shall be filled. Delight yourself in me. Those desires in your heart, he'll put them in there. He's already done it. And what kind of God would put desires in our heart and not bring them to fruition or bring them to pass? Wow, well, you know, that's, that, 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 that's it right there what you just said, as far as that's the struggle for me. Mm-hmm. No. He's faithful that promised. Even when we are not faithful, he abides, meaning he remains faithful. And he shall accomplish everything that he has declared over all of us in his books. Now, God, we line up with your word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Being set free indeed still requires us to stand fast in the liberty where which he has set us free. That's our decision. Otherwise, we'll get entangled by the yoke of bondage that we were worse once under. Is that Galatians 5 and 1? The rest of that scripture? Standing. We're standing together and we're standing in agreement with Kedra and Tony on their behalf with you, Juliet, with everybody on the call, that God's will shall prevail over our lives, and we will not be a hindrance. And we're not even blaming that devil, because he has no authority. But when we are revealed, when things are revealed to us of his interference, we're learning how to deal with it on the proper battlefield, which is the courts of heaven. So I'm so grateful. Thank you all for calling in this morning. Is there anybody else before we close that wants to say something, that needs to say something? Yes, this is Carla. I just want to say thank you, Lisa. I just, hey. you know, God has been dealing with me about paranoia. And mm. you, when, when God does a thing, and you know I know, mm-hmm. and, and it's so it's like each time, like, Right before you're getting ready to walk, step into the blessings of God, the enemy shows up. That's mm-hmm. what we have to remember that. And as you were speaking so clearly on this morning, you know, we need to make sure that we're lining up. Because every time we, we deviate from the things that God is trying to get us to do, 
he will, sorry, that's my clock. I'm sorry, you guys. Um, he will find, you'll find that you'll find yourself slipping in another direction. Mm-hmm. Because God, he, he's not slack on his word. He gives us instructions, and we have to follow them. Sometimes, you know, even in our fear, you know. And so we have to remember that when we step out on faith, the enemy is going to show up. We have to keep reminding ourselves, and I always have to tell myself that all the time. So you become paranoid. I've been paranoid to a place where I couldn't move, Hmm. like literally could not move. And so, you know, what this reminds me of all the time is, you know, the same thing that, that happens before you got saved. Everybody can remember the first time when, when they first came into the knowledge of who God was. Mm-hmm. And you got ready to go to the altar or whatever it was, wherever God sent you, whether it was in your house, in, you know, in your car, whatever. And he gave you instructions, go to the altar, get this thing off of you, or mm-hmm. told you to do something. And you was wondering, did people, did what would people think about me right. getting up at that particular time, whatever it was, right? The same thing. The enemy is the same trick. It's the same game, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. So we have to keep remembering that he's going to exist, but we have the power on the inside of us. God has already ordained us to do some things. There's some things that specifically that he has called us to, and we got to yeah. do it. Come on. And so I'm okay with that. And I just want everybody on the line to know you have been called. Yes. Bought with a price. You know what I mean? God has already ordained. He has already told you you're done. It's finished. It's over. Mm. Whatever it is that you have done, that's past. This is your present. This is your future. This is where God wants you to be. And because he's opening doors, opening your mind, Getting you to a place to where you can see what it is that he's talking about. You better know there's a greater, a greater place for you. Yes. There's some things he's getting ready to do in your life that's just going to blow your mind. Come on, the now. enemy want to trick you to believe that it can't be so, but he's a liar. Mm-hmm. You've been lying since the day you got saved. Why we want to believe a liar? <laughs> yes, yeah, so we have to keep remembering, you guys. Just keep remembering. I needed to say this. The enemy tried to keep my mouth closed once again. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted you guys to know that we all go through this. This is going to be to the day you, he calls you to glory. Mm-hmm. He's going to keep showing up. Right. <laughs> he don't want you to make it in. He don't want you to get all the promises. But everything in the book I want. Everything, everything written down. Come I on now. <laughs> you have to keep saying it's okay, all right, I'm afraid today. But guess mm-hmm. what? I'm getting up, and I'm doing what God has thus said the Lord and is calling me to do today. Right. Not, you know, this is every day you have to make that decision. Yeah. I'm going to do it anyway. How about that? So and boom, listen, man. his way, thank you, sis. His way is his word, right? Yes. So how do we combat fear? We deal with the scriptures that talk about fear. Well, you haven't given me the spirit of fear, so if this is fear coming, spirit, you got to go. And as we're moving forward, look, sometimes with trepidation, we are still speaking the word. Just as Christ did, it is written. So here's the thing, though. When we keep getting tricked up, tripped up, Go back and listen to some of the scriptures that were mentioned, right, about, you know, um, how 
Paul was talking to the Galatians and talking about who bewitched you and who tricked you. And we know who does the bewitching. We know it's the enemy, right? The problem is when we end up falling into the temptation, right, and giving way to it as it produces, you know, sin, as it gives birth to sin, right? Because the, the temptation itself is not the issue. It's yielding to the temptation and giving in to the temptation because we're going to be tempted by that enemy just like he tempted yeah. Christ, right? So the problem is as believers, the way of the transgressor, transgressor, that's Proverbs 13 and 15, is hard. So God understands and he gives favor and he has given us grace, mercy, and favor, and everything that we need in this life that pertains to light and godliness by his spirit living on the inside of us, we are thoroughly equipped to do everything that we have been called to and assigned to do. Amen. And it's the enemy's job to try to make us think that we can't, but then in our own strength we can't. But because of him, why does he say all things are possible to them that believe and I can do all things through the Lord Jesus Christ that gives me strength? Right, because it's not our strength. And if we feel weak, well, his strength is made perfect in weakness. There are so many scriptures that back up the fact that he's for us and more than the whole world against us, and he is working in us to will and do, I said it already, and do of his good pleasure. How is he working in us? By his spirit, right? But if we yield to those temptations because of his grace and mercy, it doesn't take away the fact that the way of the transgressor, the way of the person that's fighting against the will and the way of God is going to be hard. Look, life already hands us stuff that we have to deal with. But I don't read scripture that talks about life being hard. It talks about how to deal with life. And I think because we're so conditioned to the flesh, we're used to the terminology of the flesh. And I get it. We're living in this world, but we're not supposed to be of this world. And I'm not saying by any means that some things that we don't deal with are not difficult, right? Because they are tribulations. They are trials. But they come for a reason and a purpose. Because this right here is not our home. 70 years promise, that's Old Testament. At best, you might live to 102, but what about eternity beyond this? Amen, amen. And it's not, uh, don't, please don't, don't get me wrong. It is not, I'm not saying it's a piece of cake or a cakewalk, but because of his Holy Spirit, the God that's greater than the God of this world with a little G, because he lives inside of us and he's made us some great and exceeding promises. That right there should be um, a catalyst, a fire to help us continue to press, like Paul talked about, for the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. Because he is our Savior, yes, but he's also our Lord, which means our Master. And he has given us his Spirit to lead and guide us into all truth and to show us which way to take. But check this out. Is that going to happen if we don't acknowledge him? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that we love to quote, but do we do it? Acknowledging him in all of our ways. And he said that he would direct our path. So if we don't know where to go, before you pick up the phone and call anybody. Yes, Lord. God, you said. He said, put me in remembrance of my word. Come on, let's reason together. 
God, you said, Daddy, just judge. You said, and your verdict rendered over me is not guilty because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you. Ah, thank you, Carla, for opening your thank mouth. You, <laughs> thank you, Thank you. I try to keep it closed sometimes, honey. You know, I, I know, girl. Going, girl, you be having shit. <laughs> I know. You know you and me can talk. So, yeah. amen. And again, thank you thank for inviting you, Trish. Hallelujah. Um, anybody else? We're going to close now. Dion, you still on the call? She be so busy. Hallelujah. Amen. So um, I want to go ahead and close us in prayer. Don't forget, we're calling out Kedra as God would bring that back to our remembrance in our mind for a reason. And we don't have to know. We just intercede for the will of the Lord to be done over her life. And Tony, that if he doesn't know Christ, that he would come into a saving knowledge of who Christ is. Because it's far better to have our souls saved than to be concerned about this flesh necessarily because this is temporary. So, Father God, we thank you right now for your daughters and your sons. We thank you for your word as it has gone forth for your word will not return unto you void it will accomplish the thing you set it out to do so i thank you that your word has been forever established over our lives and it will not return unto you void i thank you god that every assignment that you've spoken and written in our books shall be accomplished and when we face the assignment we are ready to handle it because you thoroughly equipped and prepared us and we have treasure in this earthen vessel your holy spirit living on the inside of us to ensure that your will shall be done. So, God, we yield to your Holy Spirit, and we ask you to have your way, for we desire to live a life that's pleasing before you, Father. We thank you for open doors. We thank you for open heaven access to you. We thank you for your presence. So where your presence is, there is the fullness of joy. So, God, help us to enter into your presence. And I thank you that you do come down because you declared that you inhabit, you rest in, you dwell in the praises of your people. So, God, we praise you. Hallelujah, for you are God and God all by yourself, and you are a God that loves his children dearly, and you have called us your own. In fact, you've given us the right to call you Abba, Father, Daddy. And because of that, God, we bless you, and we love you, and we praise you, and we lift you. We pray today, Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us, God, to the recesses of our hearts, that you would go in and clean up those things that are contrary to your word, and that you would bring it to our remembrance so that we can deal with those things, God, that's in our bloodline, that's been passed down from generation to generation. Call it whatever you will. It's been affecting us negatively, and it has to stop now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the authority that you've given us to use your name. Thank you for the power in your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, God, we bless you and we praise you. I pray peace over your people under the sound of my voice. And we give you glory, honor, and praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Love you all in your life. Love you guys. Amen. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great day. Happy Sabbath. Love you guys. Have a great day.